Hey everyone, it's Eric from Crossroad University. You're listening to the L Dude Brothers Podcast on the Ace Podcast Network. The Big Beat Manifesto goes, Big Beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is outrageous. This is contagious. This is Sorry, I, I didn't see you. Looking straight at me. Must get injured. Well, y- you should be more careful, you jizz cock. What? You could have had my legs off, you piss kidney. Arsehole. Hey everyone, welcome to the El Dude Brothers podcast, episode 24, Conference. My name's Laura, and I've only slept with four men. My name is Sean, and I've slept with more men than Laura has, and I basically only sleep with women. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, tired. We're recording super early in the morning here in America. I know for you it's little in the later afternoon. Yeah, it's like it's only three o'clock in the afternoon here, so not early. But I am still in my pajamas. That said, I've not actually got dressed yet today. So, but it is a Sunday, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's no football game in London for you and Phil to go to. <laughs> no, exactly. Although, uh, I think Phil is watching the actual football game that's going on with England today. Um, with the uh, the children are both asleep. They were both up in the middle of the night. So. Oh, so Phil's watching the soccer game today? <laughs> yes, he is watching the soccer game today. <laughs> uh, cue uh, a million triggered European. Yeah, listeners. Europeans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, have you been up to anything exciting? Um, not particularly exciting, just uh, taking care of my cat. My cat is diabetic now, so... Of course, you and your diabetic cat, giving him his insulin. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun giving him uh, a cat insulin when you can't really explain to him, like, okay, look, I know that this might hurt a little bit, but it's going to make you feel better. He's just going to be like, no, this hurts, I'm going to clog your fucking face off. Yeah, I've never given a cat an injection, and I don't want to, I have to say. It's bad enough giving them oral medicine, where you have to wrap them in a towel. Oh, yeah, I know. This is going to be fun. He already is <laughs> He already is super ornery about fucking everything else. So, yeah, this is just going to be yeah, another yeah. brick in the wall. I don't know, that doesn't make any so, sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, this episode then, uh, episode two of season four... How did you, what were, you, were your thoughts going in? Uh, my thoughts going into this episode, I remember a couple of the scenes pretty well, uh, predominantly the strip club scene. I really remembered that mm-hmm. scene because that was the first time I was watching the show where I was like, oh, wow, there's just a naked woman on the TV. That's interesting. Um, That's standard here. That's, you know, late night telly in Britain is all about the naked group. Not really, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I remember thinking that this episode was like good but not great and that was kind of my mindset going into this episode what about you do you have any memories of I, this didn't, episode? I didn't remember anything about it really i remember who i watched it with uh which i'll talk about in a minute i but i didn't remember anything about it i knew they went to a conference but then that sort of built into the title um and i i remembered it was in kettering i thought um and I remember that it establishes the premise of Project Zeus, which is obviously something that people show people talk about a lot and talk about Project Zeus. Um, and also, I thought it was the episode which first established that Jez is a bit gay, which it is. But outside of that, I didn't really remember anything about it. Um, this period, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about I was going through a turbulent time. 
and this episode I actually watched with a guy that I, I I went on a like a date with him. I met him on the district line, as you do. I was on the phone to my friend saying that I was never gonna find love again and that men were useless. And this fella was listening. He was sitting on the seat opposite <laughs> me, and he asked me for a drink, and I said yes. So that tells you everything you need to know about my state of mind and the kind of guy he was because. If that's how the date's happening, it's probably not great. Um, it was a one-night stand that went on for about six months and he was completely mad. He was he was posh to the point of, like, a like it was like a parody of a posh man. He'd been to school with Prince William. He was in the same year at Eton as Prince William. And he lived in a house in Kensington that his parents had bought him for his 21st birthday. And he was permanently stoned and drunk. He knew a lot about wine. His dad had given him loads of bottles of fancy wine and he was hilarious but insane I know that he's a solicitor in a West London practice now so I sort of disappeared for him uh, I lost my mobile phone didn't ever like obviously I'd lost my mobile phone so I didn't have his number and then when I got my sim back and had a new mobile phone it had been a while and I thought well I just won't get in touch because I didn't like it very much and that was 10 years ago so if you're listening Sorry. <laughs> but that was who I watched this episode with. Uh, and I don't remember very much about it, but I was probably drinking his dad's fancy wine, so that's probably why. Oh, that's really funny. I, I, one of the things I really like is your memories of, of these episodes, whereas I have no memories of these episodes outside of, you know... Binge, watching them all in one Yeah, binge-watching them yeah. on Netflix. I like that you have actual... Uh, you know, real life memories. Yeah, 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 concrete memories and stuff attached to them. That's they, they very much. Uh, Peep Show has been very much a part of my life for a long time. So, you know, the, what was going on in my life kind of influences probably how I feel about these. But we had nothing in common, obviously, because he was so posh. Um, <laughs> but we had heads and were both humans and both like Peep Show. So this was something that we bonded over with our love of Peep Show. Hey, you know, sometimes Peep Show brings weird people together. Exactly. Well, that's that's uh, that's cool story. I'm glad you. Thank you for sharing that with us. (laughs) That's okay. Sounds kind of fucking condescending. I don't don't mean it in condescending. (laughs) Cool story, bro. Uh, But following a conversation that you and I then had, uh, me and my husband rated our episodes of Poop Show, and this was very near the bottom for me. All right. So here's what I would like to do going forward, if you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I don't want to see your ratings, and then every episode, I'm just gonna guess what you rated the episode. Right. And then, as long as I get it within, what do you think, three to five? Yeah. We'll call that a win. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll do that. We'll do that at the end after we're done with the review. Okay, Is that okay? Cool. That is good. Okay, yeah, that, I think that'll be fun. A little another, another little segment for us to do. One thing that really cracks me up about this episode is when I was in the military, I worked with a guy who was a lot like Johnson in in this particular episode, where um, it was uh, is very like, okay, you know, we're gonna I'm gonna have you help me with this project. In actuality, what I mean is you're going to do the project, <laughs> but then when time comes around. I'm going to take the credit for it. So, Yeah, I, we've all worked with one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. And actually, in my current job right now, I almost feel like I'm working on a Project Zeus right now. Sometimes in my... Excuse me. Sometimes in my head, I, you know, 
question what the fuck I'm doing. So, see, I've never worked in like a business situation, um. So, I I sort of the the, the idea that they were going to fuse business with marketing is that what it is in the yeah it, yeah it's it I, I knew it was impractical. I knew it couldn't work. But I never really sat down and thought about it until I was making these notes. And I just thought, no, that's absolutely insane. Of course that wouldn't work. Poor Mark, he's being put on a project that has got no hope of working. Yeah, exactly. And um, you notice that... Well, let's let's talk about the opening scene and then we'll just kind of go through there. Because this opening mm-hmm. scene is very like telling on what, uh, what Johnson's aims of Project Zeus are. Um, so in the opening scene, we're at JLB and Mark just walks into like a conference room where Johnson is and Johnson is doing Tai Chi, which I thought was so fucking funny. Yeah. And it looks really like he's in his suit and it looks really unzen. It doesn't look relaxing in any way. Um, uh, Mark is like, oh, you know, I'll give you a minute. And and Johnson's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm just finishing up 45 minutes of Tai Chi, but I can do it in 10 and that just really that that line just really cracks me up like 45 minutes yeah that is a great line i think he said that then says stick that up your dojo doesn't yeah. he, which oh, really yeah. makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um recently on sunday brunch which is a sunday morning sort of magazine show here on channel four and um, patterson joseph was on the show and they were asking him about playing johnson and he was saying he'd had so much fun playing johnson um, because he was such a weird guy and he started doing his, these Tai Chi bits on Sunday brunch and I'd forgotten how funny that was. Uh, I, f- I think that Patterson Joseph is probably one of the luckiest people on Peep Show because he just got to play such a, just a f- insane, like, madcap Oh, Johnson's guy. a monster, isn't yeah. he? He's an absolute monster and not meant for an actor. It must be a dream because he's just so exaggerated. Oh, yeah, it cracks me up every single time where... Um, I love just his random business lingo, I, and we get to see a lot of Johnson in this episode, <laughs> mm. and not in that way either, you gross bastards, all of you. <laughs> Alan Johnson. So Johnson wants Mark to help him implement this totally impractical and mad business proposition, um, and that's how the episode starts. Yeah. I, I love, I love, love, love when he says... Um, Mark is like, what is Project Zeus? And Johnson is just like, you don't need to know what Project Zeus is until the right time for me to tell you what Project Zeus is. And then he just pauses and he goes, okay, let me tell you about Project Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like five seconds later is the time for him to know about Project yeah. Zeus. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we get to see, we we find out that Project Zeus is amalgamating sales and marketing together and one thing that i think is so funny is that you know it does sound a little straightforward you know like okay we're going to take these two departments and we're going to make them into one like what do we need to do to make this work which in a set in in a business setting is probably a very very typical you know request like let's take a look at this stuff and figure out where to go from here the problem is, is that Johnson really doesn't give Mark any sort of guidance on what he actually fucking wants to happen. No, and Mark says, Johnson says something like, why can't this happen? And Mark's like, oh, millions of reasons, but also none. So it's clear even to Mark that this seems like a quite a crazy 
I did. Yeah. Uh, Johnson tells him that there's going to be a a conference in Kettering and that he wants Mark to work on the proposal and that Johnson will present. So here is kind of our first, um, you know, our first inkling that that there's kind of a shit that rolls down shit rolls downhill stuff going on because we've got Johnson yeah. wanting to steal the glory from Mark um, and then Mark attempting to steal the glory from his work group as we will see throughout yeah. the episode. Yeah, um, and Johnson makes it clear that if it doesn't work, then Mark's the junior guy, so... Yeah, he's fucked. He's the one that's going to take yep. the chop. Yep. Yeah. Um, he also makes a very funny Charles and Camilla joke here, <laughs> yeah. Johnson. Did that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah. Did that no, make no, sense I, to I, an American? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew who Charles and Camilla were. Yeah, yeah, which um is funny, and also this comes up again later, but quite degrading for Mark. Yeah, poor Mark. He always seems to... Even in back, they <laughs> compare him to a woman... His partner, yeah. never two male partners. Holy no, shit! No, no, he always ends up being the princess. I just realized that he makes the exact same joke in back that he makes in this episode, where he's like, "Oh, why can't we be Holmes and Watson?" Or, oh yeah, you're right. He does. Yeah, I missed that as well. Oh my god, I just started thinking about that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we're, now we're back at Apollo House and. uh We've got the first meeting of the work group. We've got Lisa, who has a really funny line in next season. Uh, Gerard, who we've never met before. Jeff, Mark, Sophie, and a woman named Kate that we don't see. We don't see Kate very often, though. No, um, this is the first time we ever see Gerard, who is played by Jim Horick. I think is how you pronounce it. He is a well-known kind of character comedy actor now. Um the first place I ever saw him was in the children's show Horrible Histories, which I don't know if you have over there, but it's like a sort of spoofy uh, children's show about history, and he plays George the Fourth, and he plays him very funnily. Um, but he's very... Gerard is a funny character. This isn't some of Gerard's best work, I would say, but he becomes funnier later on. No, I, f I feel like that they were kind of still trying to figure out Gerard in, in this scene. Um, Gerard seems a little more confident in this episode than he does in like later episodes yeah um and gerard's notable here because he's got a tube up his nose to monitor his stomach acid levels um uh. this is an ideas party mark says he's such a little work weasel um he says that they've got to like relax and vibe but as he goes off into the kitchen he's thinking about how he's actually going to be taking rigorous notes i really hate work mark he is an absolute bell end i think it would be fair to say yeah he Mark, Mark throughout pretty much this entire episode is completely insufferable, which just makes the last scene of this episode that much better when he really gets his comeuppance. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Mark at work is pretty horrible anyway. We've seen this before, but this is a real indication that he's pretty prepared to. He's not. He's not bothered about integrity in order to climb up the greasy pole. Yeah. Think. Yeah. I, I actually wrote on my notes that Mark is fucking awesome in this scene, and he is be, just with the way... I mean, he's basically treating his work group the way that Johnson treats him, which I think is really yeah. funny. Yeah, absolutely. Johnson's definitely his role model for this sort of business-ness. Yeah. Um, so as Mark walks into the kitchen, he opens a pizza box, and there's... Um, some slices missing and he looks at Jeremy and Jeremy just kind of is like oh that's Big Sue's she's rich Mark 
Um, you know, she doesn't respect people's property. This made me laugh, and then I suddenly realised that as I'd been watching this episode with the posh guy, maybe this was why he liked this episode. Maybe he really identified with Big Susie. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, before things can get going, there's a knock at the door, and Mark asks Jeremy to get the door. Jeremy opens the door, and Johnson is there, and they have this very funny, like, almost kind of Newman and Jerry uh, exchange where they're like, Johnson, Jeremy... And then, you know, just completely acknowledging each other. And I think this is the first scene they've had together since series one, isn't it? Yeah, I wrote on my notes, why don't they like each other? And then I said, is it just the rivalry for Mark's affections that was established in series one? And I think it is. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, as Johnson is walking back to the living room, Big Suze, who's wearing nothing but a towel and just looking so fucking hot, just kind of bumps into Johnson <laughs> And uh, she's like, excuse me. And Johnson's like, you know, no apologies necessary. Yeah, he, he, I've written he leers at her. That's, I think that's exactly what, how, what is, what he does is he, he perves on her. And um, I also enjoyed the observation from Jeremy in his head that Johnson's got us, he's got a jump around his shoulders and he says something like, oh, oh look at me. I've got a jumper on my shoulders like I'm a real yeah. person and not just a corporate cocksucker. Um, which made me laugh a lot. Yeah, um, Alan goes into the into the living room and he gives him this really, I think it's funny, like kind of prep speech, um, and then yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and play the Johnson speech to the work group and then kind of the follow up scene to that. Yeah, Alan. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Just want to drop by and say have fun. Tonight should be a free fire idea zone. Watch a DVD, eat some pizza, fuck each other. I'm serious. Fuck a chicken, if that's what it takes. Watch a chicken fucking hose. Mm -hmm. What? You think the guys who invented Google sat around watching Trumpton? Oh, he is good. Taboo-busting, semi-incomprehensible pep talk. Hi there, can I come in? Uh, no. Nice room. Here, have a drink. So, that's a great piece of real estate you're there. A mighty fine piece of ass. What? Big in business, Jeremy, you learn that every man has his price, and I judge yours to be 530 pounds. What? I'm not going to beat around the bush, Jeremy. I want to make you a real-life, indecent proposal. An indecent proposal? I want to sleep with your girlfriend, Jeremy. But I don't like playing the game with women. I don't like listening to them. I don't like talking to them. But I do like some of the things they do. So... 530 pounds? To sleep with Big Sue's? That's my... Indecent proposal. It certainly is an indecent proposal. You have a property of which I wish to make a use. Is that so very different from hiring a solicitor or leasing out a Spanish villa? Well, it is a bit different, because you'd be putting your dick right... What's your answer, Jeremy? Maybe you could finger her for 300. I'm not going to bargain with you, Jeremy. He obviously thinks I'm some sort of skag addict bedroom DJ who can be bought off. But no one's going to give me a medal for saying no. I am pretty broke and... Okay, it's a deal. Is this a terrible idea? It can't be. It's in a film. They wouldn't put a terrible idea in a film. They'd get sued. <laughs> I really like both of these scenes. I especially really, really enjoy when Johnson just hands Jeremy the beer that's already in his room. <laughs> yes, that I wrote in my notes that that really made me laugh. Um, the the little pep talk he gives is like peak Johnson, but I'm not sure it's funny. It didn't really make me laugh, I have to say. Sorry. No, it, it made me laugh because it's just... it's. It's typical Johnson where he just spouts like complete and utter gibberish. 
and it sounds yeah good. it's incomprehensible yeah, yeah. It, it sounds good because he's able to execute it in such a way where you're like oh okay then <laughs> yeah um, but I do like the stuff between Johnson and Jeremy. Um, I do think that's very funny. And I did, like you said, I did enjoy him handing him his own beer. And also the look on, on Jeremy's face is, is brilliant at this the point point when he walks in and he's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, and I, I noticed that you put this, and I thought the same thing too, that 530 pounds is just such a weird, like, arbitrary amount of money. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd that that's his price. But of course Jeremy goes for it because he's a div. Um I, but it's yeah it's such an odd amount of money to come up with but jeremy's so poor and such a you know slacker bedroom dj that he he needs that 530 quid what does uh what does div mean oh idiot oh okay okay i've never <laughs> I, i'm gonna start using that i'm gonna start using that in, <laughs> in my normal life now I'll, I'll probably just sound like a twat so i probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're your crazy English slang. I know. I think I think the former co-host said one time that it's cool when people with British accents use words like wanker, but then when an American uses it, we just sound like a total wanker. Yeah, it's like if, if we try and get away with saying something's like rad or awesome, it just I just can't put it off in quite the same way. <laughs> oh, that's rad. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so later later on that night at apollo house um mark is kind of walking around the living room and gerard starts to ask him a question and all mark can think is tube up his nose tube up his nose he has a tube up his nose and <laughs> then he just uh he just answers uh gerard's question with yeah just relax and take your time okay and gerard just kind of looks at him with like a look of well, that didn't really answer my question. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, Gerard just is sort of looking at him like Mark sometimes looks at Johnson. Yeah, uh, and it's it's sad because I actually think that there's some competent people on this work group that Mark just can't manage. Or mm. I don't think Mark's a very good boss. I don't think he's much of a manager. No, no, he's one of those people when he gets a tiny little bit of power, it kind of goes to his head, which we clearly see in this episode. Yeah, I, I bet that Mark works hard and he's good with a spreadsheet, but I don't think he should be in charge of people. No, that my boss in the my boss in the Air Force was exactly like that, where he was fucking awesome at everything he did. However, not good at managing people. You see that loads in teaching because obviously to get to be be assumed to be a good teacher, you obviously have to be good in the classroom, which involves working with children, and then. You can be good at that, but then if that gets you promoted and you become a head or a deputy head, you have to deal with adults. And often those people are not good at dealing with adults. Yeah, my mom has, um, uh, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my mom was a teacher. Yeah, she works for the education board. Yeah, she? yeah, yeah. And so she works for, you know, she's an administrator <laughs> now. But it was kind of interesting hearing her go through the transition from teacher to administrator and she kind of, it, it was kind of what you're saying, where she had to really learn how to deal with people. Mm, yeah, it's a different different yeah. thing. Um, and then we get another flash, and it's later that night again, and Jez and Big Suze are hanging out in Jeremy's bedroom. 
Yeah, and I've written in my notes that I'm not sure they ever recover from this, and I'm pretty sure they never have sex again after yep. this. I don't. I I think this is effectively the end of their relationship right here. Yeah. Um, Jez, Jez tries to pitch the indecent proposal to her. Uh, he doesn't do it very successfully. He talks about Robert Redford, and <laughs> she doesn't know who he is. And then he tries to describe him to her as a lovely redheaded gentleman who invented the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, and Susie is like, "Oh, that sounds nice." And then he hits her with the indecent proposal. Yeah, bomb. he explains the premise of the of the film, indecent proposal, and Sue's just as kind of reacts just with she looks just completely gutted and she looks really really upset it really breaks my heart in the scene she's so fucking good here yeah uh she says that he wants to pimp her out and she's he says pimp pimp you out pimp my ride there's a new climate which is a very funny line yeah and then uh you know she pretty much starts packing up all of her stuff in a bag and and jeremy tries to he tries to just hand wave everything away and he's like, normal, look, we're back to normal. We're back to normal. I've hit the reset button, I've he hit says. The reset button. <laughs> but she's having none of it and she storms yeah. out. I tried to uh, hit the reset button with an X one time and it just, you know, sometimes stuff happens and it's just, that's that, you know. Yeah, too too much has gone on. Yeah. Too many terrible things have been said. There's sometimes there's no, no coming back nope. from something. You just try to hit the reset button and get on with your life, but it doesn't. Yeah. It often no. does not work. <laughs> nope. Uh, we then go to what we assume is the next day and the conference room in Kettering with Mark and the Project Zeus team. Yeah, this is great. This is where we kind of get to see Mark, like have a little bit of panic for the first time because he wants to pull their research together. Um, this is where we find out that Mark hasn't exactly been an effective leader giving good timelines and stuff because nobody on his team basically has anything for him. No, they don't seem to understand the urgency. Yeah. And uh, Lisa just kind of, um, you know, looks at him and um, he, I can't remember exactly what he asked Lisa for. Um no, some some document yeah. that she doesn't yeah, have. Yeah, and and she says, "Well, you know, told us to relax. You told us to relax and take your time." And Mark is like, "Yeah, relax and take your time, but still do the fucking work." And he starts to get, <laughs> yeah, uh, really upset with her, which makes her line in. I think it's Spin War where she just tells him he's a fucking asshole. It, yeah, that line so much more cathartic now. Thinking. About yeah, he uh, he totally deserved that from Lisa, I yeah. think. Um, I really enjoy when she comes up with like a time frame for him and he says, I don't care how you do it as long as you fucking will do it, which is something that I say quite often, mainly to myself under my breath or in my head, but something that happens a lot of work <laughs> and a lot in the house as well. I feel like in this episode that Project Zeus is a total MacGuffin because it drives the entire plot um, you don't know anything about Project Zeus, and then ultimately, in the end, it's just resolved and kind of on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, but but Jeff actually is... Uh, I mean, I feel like that Jeff actually has worked on something because he actually hands Mark, like, a pretty nice-looking um, presentation, and he says, you know, I was thinking, if we're going to combine sales and marketing, we should also include planning, Mark has a really funny part where he's like, uh, yeah, sure, I would love to take that. 
I'm just about to head to the loo. I'm just going to take this with with me and then wipe my fucking ass with it. You <laughs> dick pole. Yeah, dick pole is an absolutely brilliant insult and one that should be used more often, I yeah. think. Jeff actually looks like pretty upset in this scene that Mark is dressed Yeah, I got the feeling that Jeff had actually put some real effort into this and he, you know, considering the rivalry between Mark and Jeff, I thought Jeff was being quite professional to have tried to come up with something to help yeah. Mark, and then Mark just throws it back in his face. Yeah, which makes the ending scene so much sweeter. It does, it does. Um, next we get to see Big Suze's house, and I was confused about this, because for some reason I had always thought this was Johnson's house. Yeah, I thought this, when it came to it, was that, oh, okay, yeah, we do see it later, we see it again in New Year's Eve, um, and it's the same house. But you're right, I assumed because she'd gone around to see him that this was Johnson's house, so that doesn't make loads of sense. But this is Susie's house, it looks very nice, it looks like it's in a very nice bit of Surrey. It's um, certainly much nicer than Apollo House. Is this also the house where they they have Consultio Consultius? Oh, um, no, uh, no, that is, that is Johnson's house, isn't it? That's a different house. Okay. Yeah, it's not as nice as this house. This is the house we see again in New Year's Eve when she's having the party that they find themselves they find themselves at despite not having an invitation. Okay, okay. Um, I think it's really weird if Big Sue's has such a nice house, why instead of living in Mark's shitty flat was with Jeremy in that small, small flat, why didn't she just invite Jeremy to her house? I guess that's true, except that we wouldn't see it, I suppose. So it would, it would be harder for us to... The the action would be harder to combine. But you're right, this is a lovely house. Why are they not in it yeah. uh, Jeremy has these flowers and he knocks on the door and Johnson answers the door wearing a silk robe and um, Jeremy's just like, what are you doing here? And Johnson, with this <laughs> wry smile on his face, he goes, Big Suze came by JLB to give me a piece of her mind. And ended up giving me a piece of her ass, and um... yeah, very funny. Um, it, it, I love how they're both standing there in what are clearly her dressing gowns as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnson strikes me as the kind of person that would wear like a silk dressing gown, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it does kind of make sense that Susan Johnson would be together because they're both so irritating and pretty terrible. Yeah, and they're they're not exactly good for each other either. No, it doesn't go well, does it? They they seem to remain together for a number of years, but more on that. Yeah. Um, Sue sa- tells Jeremy that he's a complete bottom... F- or he, he She says that, uh, you know, uh, Johnson is an alpha and you'd be the first to admit that you're a bottom feeder. Um, Jeremy is also trying to get money from Johnson. He, you know, he's telling him, like, you owe me, you owe me, Johnson. And Johnson's like... Yeah, he says he's going to take it to the citizens' advice. Now, this gets mentioned a few times. What is exactly is the citizens' advice bureau? Is it just like like pro bono lawyers or something like that? So, yeah, it's not quite as official as that. It's an organization that's like manned up by volunteers, and they normally hang out and have surgeries in like libraries, public libraries, and stuff like that. And they are able to advise on the law for free. Um, I've never known anyone go to the citizen's advice and it make an ape of the difference to what they were going there for. Like, I don't think they're particularly effective. I'm sure they get some stuff done, but 
they're a free service and it shows i like that they're kind of jeremy's go-to uh yeah, they they would be Jeremy's go-to because they're not going to cost him any money, and he can hang out in a community center with yeah. them. Um, we go we go back to Kettering, and I actually think that Mark's hotel room looks like really really fucking nice. Yeah, it does look like quite a nice hotel. It's one step up from a Premier Inn. I think it's some sort of like Hilton or someone somewhere like that. Oh, it's got that um, nice desk. It's got that nice desk in there. Yeah, um, Sophie's really unhappy about Mark's behavior. And she says that she wants to resign from the work group, as does everyone. Oh. And Mark says that, unfortunately, it's not voluntary. Oh. <laughs> so they've got to stay. Sorry, cat clawing me. Ah. Uh, sorry, what was the last thing that you said? Um, That the, uh, what did I say? Oh. Yeah, Sophie says that she wants to resign from the work group, as they all do. And Mark says that it's not voluntary. Yeah, and then he, and, and then she goes, well... You said it was voluntary, and um, Mark kind of tries to guilt her a little bit, where he starts talking about, um, oh, you know, you both want to, we both want to enjoy the executive lifestyle, and, um, you know, Sophie kind of calls him out on his bad behavior, and and she mentions that Mark called Kate a knucklehead. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he says, yeah, he called her a knucklehead, and she said she needs to knuckle down. Or you were going to knuckle her fat head and then you stepped on Jared's foot. And he says that was an accident. And she says it wasn't an accident. He says he was very careful to make sure it could have been. Yeah, I definitely... This is one of the first... Um, oh, hold on, let me start over again. I love that they have really found Mark's voice at this point as like a petty and vindictive individual. Because <laughs> yeah. this is very things that a petty and vindictive individual would do. Um yeah, definitely. I liked it. And then at this point, Gerard kind of knocks on the door and he appears to be the only person that really wants to stay in the in the Project Zeus work group. Yeah, I can only assume that because we've not seen him before and because he's so keen, he must be the new guy. And he's doing it because he feels like he has no choice. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Mark makes a very funny joke here where he talks about how you and I are going to take part in the biggest business shit storm since enron did uh did yeah, the enron joke make I've sense to you it did not i said enron is an american joke i had to google this one so there you go there was a joke that was put in there just i for know you. i loved it i love that i didn't have to google it <laughs> enron enron is completely crazy um that podcast i talked about i don't know the last week or the week before the dollop did an episode about yeah. enron and it just goes to show me, it just goes to show that, and you know, I'm sorry if there's any insanely wealthy people that listen to the show, um, but it just ensure, it just shows that insanely wealthy people are able to get away with so much that would send you and I to jail. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've got the, uh, the stuff over here at the moment that's going on with, I don't know if it's made the news over there, but about... Uh, Ted Heath, who was a, a prime minister in the early seventies, and he's dead now. But it's been um, it's been said that he people have come forward to accuse him of child sex abuse, and that if he was still alive, he'd be questioned under caution about it. And I mean, you know, we can never we'll never know if he did it because he's not alive to defend himself. But he was very rich; he was a peer, and it makes you angry that potentially there have been so many people that have got away with these things like you say on the back of being wealthy mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I I mean, this episode of The Dollop that is about Enron just was completely eye-opening to me about just the horrible, shady stuff. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, so I was literally on Wikipedia this morning finding out about it, but it all sounded like a bit of a scandal. Oh, it was was huge, and there was a couple companies at the time um, that had similar accounting scandals, and so it really... It, it was funny because at the time we had just elected a Republican president, Republican Senate, and I believe the House maybe was Democrat. I don't remember. Um, but, you know, the Republican mantra here is like less regulation, less regulation, less regulation. And then Enron happened and then they were like, mm, maybe that's not the best thing, but <laughs> fuck it, free market. Yay. So, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. See, something you've had to explain to me. That's a, a joke uh, based on business that you've explained to me. It's a one-off. Yeah. Um, not a lot of American-centric jokes in this in this series. So. No. No. So, yeah, like I say, I think they put this one in yep, just for yep. you. Yep, yep. I, I appreciate it, too. Um, <laughs> later, later that night, we have Mark and Gerard in the hotel room, and... Uh, Mark is just relentlessly just looking at this document and he's just scrolling it up and down and he's just like sales and marketing, marketing and sales, sales and marketing, marketing and sales. Yeah, he's lost his work mojo, hasn't he? I think it would be fair to say. Yeah, he just he just looks completely unsure of what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, um, and then Jeremy turns up. And says that he's surprising him with a visit because he's come to get her into party. Is that an ice cream truck in the background? <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's the bleakest day. It looks like it's going to rain. I'm not sure what the ice cream man's doing. <laughs> you should go buy a bomb pop from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mark then is pretty much able to kind of correctly suss out that Jeremy is actually there for Big Sue's. Yeah, and he says, please don't do anything disruptive and says that you were getting fed up with her anyway. She was getting on your nerves. And Jess says, that well, was... now she's dumped me. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love her again. Yeah, I I love that character trait on Jeremy. And I actually have known, I know people that are in relationships like this where they're like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, I hate you. We broke up. Oh my God, I miss you so much. Let's get back together. Okay. And then it's just a vicious circle that repeats itself. Oh my god, yeah, me and me and the bin burning guy that I spoke about last week who I when I burnt all his stuff, we were together for years and I you know, I did I, I missed him intensely when he was gone, but we could, we never got on with each other. We were always horrible to each other and but it was exactly like Jess here. It was like, Oh but oh god, I love you again. <laughs> um I love how I, I love how uh the bin burning guy kind of took on a life of his own <laughs> with people wanting to hear more about that. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I actually I saw him on Friday morning in the garage, and I thought, oh, maybe I should tell him that uh, that I've christened him the Bin Burning Man on the podcast. But I didn't. I just I just said, hey, <laughs> he was buying his Guardian. I was getting petrol. <laughs> hey, how are you? I didn't tell him that I was referring to him as the Bin Burning Guy. Um, before the conversation between Mark and Jeremy can really kind of proceed any farther, there's a there's a knock on the door, and you hear Alan just kind of shouting. <laughs> Camilla, Charles is here. <laughs> yeah, and Mark then says that this is really humiliating and couldn't they have been part of a, a 
are different unless you made it in duo Holmes and Watson Ben and Jerry even Bernie Winters and Schnorwitz would have been better. I didn't get the last one uh, Bernie Winters was a British comedian or like a, a novelty actor and Schnorwitz was his dog ah okay okay that, that okay makes sense makes sense yeah that's less humiliating for him um and then they it turns out that he and so Johnson and Jeff and someone else that we don't know are going to a strip club and they want Mark to come and Mark says he can't because he's got work to do. And Johnson says, bring your laptop. That? So that's what Mark does. Was that does. Jeff in there? Yeah, Jeff is there. Oh, okay. I thought that was sales. that, or uh, I thought he was with uh, marketing or sales. I think he was with sales. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Jeff says that they're going to get, or the other one says they're going to get wankered. And Jeff says, yeah, we're going to get completely cunted. And Mark thinks, oh my God, I'm going out with literally the worst men in the world. Yeah. And... I really can empathize with Mark here. Like, when you get stuck going out with people, where you're just like, oh my god, you are literally the worst human ever. Why am I fucking hanging out with you? Yeah, I think that at work that often happens where you would not be friends with these people in the real world, but you get stuck with them and on work dues and stuff, you do end up thinking, oh my god, I can't believe I'm spending time with you. Thankfully, at my primary job, I get along well with most of my coworkers, so when we do go out, I don't really have that experience but i have had that experience at other jobs before when i was a younger teacher so teachers one of those jobs that when you're younger it's a bit of a party job like it's sort of work hard play hard and teachers are well known for just being pissheads <laughs> and um when i was a like a younger teacher when i was training and when i was an nqt uh you'd find that a lot in pubs on a friday night teachers coming out and because obviously teachers finish earlier so you'd all be in the pub from like four o'clock and there'd just be some really terrible teachers there and you'd think, Christ almighty, this is not what I'm about. I don't know why I'm hanging out with these guys. Next scene, we have Jeremy and Suze down in the hotel lobby and I'm just going to go ahead and play their entire conversation down here because it's pretty funny. Hey, Suze. Jeremy, what the hell are you doing here? Me? Nothing. I was just passing through kettering and i thought hey i know someone who's gone to kettering for the weekend jez honestly i was always coming to kettering i like it here it's party town <sighs> look come on Suze. i mean let's sort this what do you see in johnson just like him come on is it because he's black what no i hadn't even noticed well you're making a mistake Suze, because he's terrible at being black i'm a better black man than he is that sounds almost look Suze. Being black isn't about the colour of your skin. It's about vibe, about hanging out, kicking back, smoking a number, fighting prejudice and negative stereotypes, wherever you find them. Yeah, I'm down with all that. Is Johnson? I mean, what's Johnson done for black people lately? Well, you mean apart from his mentoring and his community work? Yeah, apart from that. Jeremy, you tried to sell my body to another man for private gain. I don't want to talk to you. Goodbye. I did not try to sell her body to another man. I tried to rent out her sexual organs on a one-use basis. That makes me laugh <laughs> when they have the conversation about Johnson being black and she called Jeremy a racist. <laughs> yeah, he's not even that good at being yeah. black. Um, I really like the uh, the line where he says that Kettering is a party town. If you've ever been to Kettering, it'd be quite clear that that is not the oh, case. Oh, Kettering's not really a party town? <laughs> not really a party town no it's a it's a it's a sort of market town in the, the midlands that it does not have a reputation for partying interesting it has a pretty <laughs> decent strip club so i mean it's got it 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. And in the next scene, we see this that dancing club and the Project Zeus team, Mark Johnson and Suze, are all in the in the strip club. Yeah, it, this scene, really, really, really funny. Um, Mark's just, he's trying to enjoy being out with people, but at the same time, all he can think about is his ass in a sling for screwing up Project Zeus. Yeah, uh, he's on his laptop and he is wondering if there's a back room that he can work in. Yeah, he says maybe one that doesn't have a sallow man getting wanked off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Mark is... So Johnson and Suze are talking about how great it is in here. Mark's like, oh, I don't know, wasn't that last one a bit thin? And Johnson says, well, you wouldn't want a great big fat lap dancer, which is delivered with absolute perfection by Patterson Joseph. Yeah, and... I know some people who would like that, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Like, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't shame people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Suze is finding it really, really funny, and she says she likes how the women are just taking their clothes off and the men are loving it. And she decides to buy Mark a lap dance and ask the lap dancer to do one at mm. him. Have you ever been to a, a titty bar before? I haven't, no. I used to work uh, for, I think I mentioned this before, that I worked for an erotic publication. And we used to do erotica, which is like a um, festival of sex at the uh, Olympia in London. I don't know if it runs anymore, but I did see like strippers there, but I've never been in a actual strip club. Uh, um, Mark's lap dance, for my brother... So when my brother-in-law got married, we went to a strip club. And that's just kind of standard, you know, like stag party things that you do. Colorado, at the strip clubs, you can't touch the women. Like, right. Yeah, you're not allowed to touch the women yeah, here Yeah, you, you can't touch the women. But in Kansas, it's like hands-on. So you can like, I mean, you can't like touch their swimsuit, like their lower area. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you want to like grab their boobs or whatever, that's fine. And so... I was like sitting with my hands kind of on the the bench and the the stripper is like giving me a lap dance and my brother-in-law Matt is like give him an extra good one he just got back from defending our country and I'm just like oh my fucking god and so (laughs) she she looks at me and she's like it's okay to touch me and I was like what? And she's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and touch me. And then she just takes – and, and, of course, I felt, like, really weird about this because, like, you know, who wouldn't feel weird just, like, groping a random woman? Well, I'm sure there's some Yeah, people. so it's a, I imagine that's a weird experience. Yeah, and yeah. she takes my hands and she puts them right on her boobs. And I was just like, oh, oh, this is cool. Like, uh, okay, yeah, I could, I could get into this, so <laughs> – I think that for men, there's something to be gotten out of a strip club that isn't for women. So my friend's 18th birthday, we went to, uh, there is a famed place uh, down here that's got, it's like, oh, it's a really weird place. And it's got a strip bar on both levels, one for the ladies and one for the gentlemen. And then at the end of the night, everyone mingles for a disco. And we went to this for her 18th and we went to the, uh, obviously we were the girls, so we went to the bit with the male strippers and it was just the unsexiest thing I've ever seen. It was absolutely, I just remember me and my friend Jenna standing there and just being like, oh my God, like, is there something wrong with us? Because this is faintly disgusting rather than in any way sexy. So for women, it's just not, it's just not something that is a turn on, I don't think. Were they actually like, did they actually have like the dick hanging out or were they... They were they were knob out, my friends. They were fully, fully naked. Um, this guy that 
the like the lead stripper, the one that was the that was the the finale of the show. He came on in, and I swear to God, this is true. In like a, a what do you call them? Like um, that you'd wear in a nuclear power station to protect you. Like a there's a word for like it. I can't remember what they're suit. called. Yeah, like a chemical suit, and it was like white. And he had, and so it just looked normal. He was dancing to Toxic by Britney Spears. I assume that was the link. And then he had fairy lights in the crotch area, which then came on as he was dancing. And he slowly stripped out of it. And the fairy lights were around his knob. And then he took the fairy lights off and he was completely naked. And it was so odd. Oh, God, that that's so funny. <laughs> it was the least sexy thing I've ever seen. But it has always stood out in my memory because fairy lights around his dick. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. I I think that I think that it also just kind of speaks to um the differences between what men and women find sexy. Yeah, I mean, maybe there were some women in that audience that were finding that sexy. Oh, I'm sure there probably was. I'm sure there were, but most of the women looked like I felt, which was appalled. I also think that, you know, women are Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm probably going to edit this part out, but if I don't, we'll keep this in here. <laughs> But, you know, I think women are, like, smooth. So it's, like, sexy when you see, like, a smooth woman. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. like, a guy, it's like, oh, hey, here's this giant thing between your legs just swinging around in the breeze. and Yeah, and they're not, like, like you say, like, yeah, women's genitals are maybe more tucked in and there's something, there's more mystique there. There's no mystique with the man's genitals. I don't want to see that. That's not, that's not sexy nope. to me. And and I suppose if you go for that like Chippendale look, then maybe like if you're like a muscly man, but again, no need to have fairy lights around it. Like, <laughs> don't understand. So odd. Such a weird night out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, like you said, Big Sue's gets Mark a lap dance, and um, then Mark has a very funny interaction with the stripper. So I'm just gonna go ahead and um, insert the stripper scene here because it's very good i'm being forced into this that's the line hi and what's your name uh mark tin nice to meet you martin <laughs> oh great here we go i'm just another cock getting wired into the global economy oh how should i look like bond like neutrality as though i'm so used to real life naked women or don't want to be rude smiling encouragement that's not a leer, is it? Got to avoid the leer at all costs. And the dribble. Oh, God, she looks amazing. This really should not be allowed. This is what men want, and we shouldn't be allowed to have it because it's horrible and it makes you feel sick. Oh, great. Now I'm getting an erection. How grimly predictable. When's the work going to happen? I'm, I'm very sorry, and you're a very attractive woman, but I have got a hell of a lot on, so... Do you want me to stop? No, 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 you go ahead. You're, you're obviously very talented, but I should just get on with this. What are you writing? Oh, just a proposal, so... We haven't written very much, have you? You should try and sum up all your aims in the first line. Right, look, this is a very complex business proposal, so I really don't think you could sum up all the aims in one line. If you can't sum up all your aims in the first line, then they're too diffuse. Look, my aims are not too fucking diffuse, OK? Fine. Jesus. It just might be too diffuse. That was all I was saying. Great. Now I'm getting an angry lap dance. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, angry <laughs> lap dance. Yes, Mark. Angry lap dance. We've all been there. Yeah, I really enjoy when she says that. 
that they're too diffuse and he's like they're not too fucking diffuse and that's it that's the end of any polite interaction they're gonna have i actually had did have a a, a similar interaction with a stripper that mark has here um i don't remember how he started talking about like science but she told me she was going to like medical school and that she was stripping to pay for medical school and i was just like wow and of course you know you're you gotta take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt but you know we start talking about like science and she's giving me this lap dance while we're talking about like particles and atoms and i'm just like ooh, this is this is, this is nice <laughs> I, I like this <laughs> oh that's funny um so done at the strip club back to the mark's hotel room uh <laughs> jez and sophie are just smoking a joint in mark's hotel room which i would have to assume that mark would be like very very upset about if he knew that that was happening yes i agree with you um and it's kind of weird i guess that they've ended up together but sophie says she just didn't fancy the strip club um and this is the first indication that we have that maybe sophie's not into getting married either yeah. Um, she says that she's not sure if she's ready to settle down. Maybe she should try and sleep with a few more men, but she's not sure if she's attractive enough. She says she's only slept with four men. Um, and Jeremy says that she is attractive. She's a hottie and thinks that he's actually slept with more men than that. And he only basically sleeps with women. <laughs> I like how he had to add the word basically in there. And Yeah. Um, when I went to the, um, in conversation with Robert Webb and Victoria Corrin last month, he said someone in the audience asked about if he was unhappy with where Jeremy's character went and was it a bit weird in season nine that he suddenly went gay? And he said that he cited this scene as the reason why it wasn't weird because we knew from very early on that Jez was a sexual adventurer. Oh, that's cool. That was This was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, uh, maybe Jeremy's a little more on the adventurous side, so... I don't know. I know that there's some people who hated that storyline in season nine, but I thought the threeism storyline was very fucking funny. Yeah, I liked it, and I agree. I I thought it was orchestrated. I thought we knew that about Jeremy, so I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, Jez thinks here about how nice Sophie is, but then thinks that maybe she must have some massive character <laughs> flaw that only becomes ap apparent later on. Which God did he say a number there oh, that couldn't be more oh true? Oh my God, that line cracks me up every fucking time. <laughs> Um, they kiss and Jez immediately realises that it was a bad idea he thought it was before but now he knows it is but then he's thinking that maybe if they have sex it won't be as awkward but luckily Mark appears just as this might and happen and I gotta tell you if I was Mark and I walked in and my best friend and my fiance were laying on a bed together and then just jumped up suddenly like they do I would be pretty pretty fucking concerned as to what was going on in that room yeah, I think it's weird that Mark isn't suspicious, but then I guess that's not his nature. He's very preoccupied with Project Zeus, and he's trying to get his neurofence, so he's got a headache. Yeah, um, he says that he's going to... Mark says that he's there just to grab some files, Proplus and Neurofen. Um, Jez is... Um, he basically offers Jeremy, like... He asks Jeremy if he's got a place to sleep, and Jeremy says he's going to go sleep in the supply closet with the with a couple bog rolls and a wicked nice tarpaulin <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but as he goes to leave he feels guilty and he hugs mark and says he's a bloody great guy and him and sophie then start sort of saying how <laughs> nice he is and that mark's a great guy and that rather than be suspicious mark thinks that they've just realized that he's a great guy and that he's right about north korea the european constitution and the congestion yeah charge. i really love that um 
later um the so later the next day so it's probably been like the next it's probably the next morning and Gerard and Mark are in a conference room downstairs and they're still just working away working away working away on project Zeus and Mark is you know Mark is like oh my head feels like ex- it, my head is about to explode but heads don't explode just relax you'll probably just get a brain tumor <laughs> Yeah, he looks like shit and you forget how bad you feel at the end of an all-nighter like that. I, When I was writing my dissertation in my third year at university, I did this mad stint where I spent all night, then all day, then all night again at the library. And by the end of it, I was like hallucinating. I remember the next morning getting on the bus and thinking I shouldn't be allowed around traffic. Like, I don't know. I can't even remember what way the traffic's coming from to cross the road. It just completely mangles your brain. Oh, man. Yeah, that's ain't that the truth? I've had when you when you have those uh, all nighters like that, and then you're trying to, you know, actually do something. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, actually, colorful past story. This night, this this night day night that I spent in the library, I met this guy. Never found out really what he was studying or who he was. We got chatting for ages, and we ended up having a snog in the. There was like a media. <laughs> area and I I never really I think I did know his first name at the time but I never found anything about him more than that and he ended up finding me on Facebook and he stalked me around Facebook for about four years and in the end I had to block him because it was just getting weird that he kept messaging me and being like do you remember that night in the library and I was like no I I don't really and from what I recall we just had a bit of a cheeky snog in the uh the media area he was a very odd man um he's blocked on Facebook now so he won't be hearing this (laughs) Oh man, I. It wasn't until recently that I realized how much. Uh, you just talking about this guy stalking you on Facebook. It wasn't until recently that I realized, you know, like being a woman on Facebook not does not really sound all that appealing to me. No, it's it, you do get some weirdos. Like the amount of times you just get unsolicited weird messages. Um, and my friend Christine, she's um she's Australian. She's a bit of a party girl and she is, she's beautiful. She's like six foot and blonde and just lovely. And she, um, she goes traveling a lot and she always ends up meeting these guys that she ends up having stalker on Facebook for like six years and that she has to end up blocking and she's like a magnet for them. And you know, the, you sort of get one and they all kind of come crawling out of the woodwork and her, her Facebook is a constant stream of weirdos getting in touch. Oof, that sounds... Oh my god, that sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. No, that does not sound remotely even close to being fun. <laughs> but yeah, so Mark's done this all night already, he doesn't look very well, and he's still basically got nothing, yeah, has he? And he starts and one of the running jokes and I I apologize that we have not been mentioning this joke at all, but one of the running jokes throughout this episode is that Anytime Mark talks to Gerard, Gerard can't hear him because he's got a mucus buildup, and so he has to turn the other ear towards Mark. Uh, and yeah. it, it sometimes it's his left ear, sometimes it's his right ear, sometimes it's left ear, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so Mark is talking to him, and and um, and uh, Gerard's just like, "Oh, can't hear you, mucus mate." And um, so Mark asks Gerard what he has, and um, Gerard is just like, oh, here, yeah, let me give you this. And Mark just 
starts looking at it, and he's like, this is, this is nothing. Gerard, you prick. And just starts going off on Gerard. And Gerard is like his final ally. He's the only person that he's got now is Gerard. So it's unwise to feed Gerard to the wolves, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what he does here is he just throws Gerard to the wolves. Um, and then Jeff appears and he asks Jeff for his proposal from the night before. But Jeff, and good on him, never missing an opportunity to fuck Mark up, pretends that he's going to give it to him and then just gives him the finger yeah, instead. Yeah, I love this. And it's a slow build too where... Um, <laughs> It's a very slow build too, which is what is really funny because he goes, he goes, Jeff, Jeff, that proposal, the three department proposal, do you have it still? I need it. I need it. And, and Jeff is just like, oh yeah, sure, mate. I've got you. I got you right here. And, and Mark is like, oh my God, oh my God, thank you. And, and, uh, Neil Fitzmorris does this slow reach into the bag and Mark's face is like all happy. And then he just finger and then just shitting and grin, <laughs> Jeff is fucking out. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, and then the it's still in the conference room, but a little while later, Mark looks suicidal, and Jez appears. Yeah. I love this. I love this little scene where Jeff, where Jez is like, "Is there something on that piece of paper that's making you sad?" <laughs> yeah, is it because they've stopped history books? Have they stopped history? And Mark's like, "No." I'm fucked because I've got to go and present this and it's just a piece of paper with Project yeah, Zeus written he on asks, it. He says, do you know what it says on this paper? This piece of paper says I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jess then says, that why doesn't he consider running away with his, from his problems? And Mark's like, you can't do that. And Jess is like, no, listen, hear me out. People say it's a bad thing, but if your problems never catch up with you, who cares? And Mark in his kind of sleepless panic state starts to see maybe some you can sort of start to see it dawning on him that this might be a plan and he's like well there are repercussions and jeremy says what do you care you'd be in the woods playing the ukulele with the rabbits and the squirrels <laughs> and mark then says okay he's gonna do it and he jumps out of the window like over the balcony into the car yep, park. and jeremy's just like was that good advice i don't know if that was good <laughs> advice if i had known he was gonna do it i might not have suggested it <laughs> yeah so mark's gone and then johnson and Sue's appear and Jez starts saying again that like you owe me I'm going to take the citizens advice and Johnson says look it's 380 quid if you shut up you can have this and Jez then in a fit of romantic feather decides to throw it up in the air and tell or throw it out the window over the balcony and tells Suze that he hasn't got a penny in the world but he doesn't care and Suze is just like mate I don't I'm not going to get back together with you and she says that she's just not that into him which is brilliantly uh brilliant line that's brilliantly delivered I, yeah i really jeremy's speech here is so funny where he just he takes the money from johnson and um yeah then just uh you know he's just flings it out the window it's so funny and the way he just looks utterly devastated when Suze is like no i'm, I'm not gonna take you back very very <laughs> funny um so then jez ends up following mark over the balcony to chase the money which has been taken by the yeah. wind and Mark is hiding behind a bush, and he's oh, thinking, what, "What is Jeremy doing?" Uh, yeah, sorry, we also missed a part when when Mark was running around outside to begin with. Um, he has this line where he's like, "I can go to KFC and get a whole bargain bucket. I can join Al Qaeda. I can maybe even marry the lap dancer." <laughs> we did have a weird connection oh, yeah. after all. Fuck the blockbuster finds. Yeah. I'm going clear. <laughs> um. 
Mark's then found by Sophie, who's like, what are you doing in a bush? <laughs> As you yeah. would be. And Mark just, he looks like frantic here, where he's just, you know, Project Zeus is unworkable. It's not workable. And Sophie just tells him to go in there and just tell the truth. And Mark is kind of like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I'm about to go into the biggest i'm about to walk into a boardroom gangbang and get fucked by the biggest swinging dicks in corporate strategy they chew off cocks and stuff asses with compliance reports and um sophie's just like mark chill out they're not gonna like chew your cock off tell them to smell the flowers that's real life and then yeah she says um she says that yeah that this is real life smelling the flowers like the the reports up bum stuff isn't yeah. real. And she gives Mark a good enough kiss. And at this point, Mark uh, walks into, you know, he decides like, okay, I'm fucking, I'm going to do it. So he, he heads back into the conference room. He climbs through the window and um, Johnson and the, the other people that are in the meeting, they look really, <clears throat> excuse me, they look really irritated with having to have waited for Mark for so long. Yes, um, and he obviously is coming through the window, and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he says that every window is also a door, and they're like, is it, is it, you know, he's trying to give him a bit of an Alan Sugar, um, and the guy's like, mm, all windows aren't doors, and before they can really get going, Johnson's like, well, let's, let's start yeah. this then. Um, Mark starts to walk up to the front, and he has this really funny internal line where he's just like, Palms dry, mouth dry, <laughs> interbuttock area moist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he makes his speech to yep. the board. And let's go ahead and listen to the speech. Integrating sales and marketing. Project Zeus. The bad news is it doesn't work. But look, big picture, so what? Maybe we shouldn't be in the credit business at all. Maybe we should look at uh, human rights or... or Global warming, I mean, these are just ideas, but where's the humanity? I suppose that's what I want to ask you today, if, if anything. Where is the humanity? Old friend. Shit, I'm crashing and burning. That stupid bloody hippie sold me down the river. Plan B. What is plan B? Right, okay, you're gonna stop the murmuring. Please, stop murmuring. Unless you think it's nice to murmur at someone who's dying. Did I just say that? I did just say that. Yep, that, that, that's right. I've got brain cancer. Half my brain's been eaten away all, already, probably. But I think I did a pretty decent job for a man with a brain tumour the size of a pineapple who, who's going to be dead within a month. Uh, plan C? Is there a plan C? Ah, oh, oh, my brain, my poor diseased brain. Yeah, I'd just like to assure everyone that Mr. Corrigan will indeed be dead. I just love Johnson's uh, uh, he's going to be dead for sure comment. Yeah, he, he just totally just yeah, the fear you'd feel if you were Mark, but it's a really yeah. good ending. Tumor, the brain tumor the size of a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I, I love that. Um, so. I know that you were not as high on this episode as as I was. Um, I, I think that this is like a top 50 episode for sure, like in the upper 50%, I should say. Um, it's mm -hmm. not even 
remotely close to my top five, but I don't think it's terrible. I see. I just thought there wasn't enough of it. It's got some really funny moments. It's got some funny jokes, but I felt like they sort of had from maybe from writing the previous series or whatever, they had a load of jokes and thought we'd like to put these all in one place. How can we achieve that? And I just thought that it was a bit lacking in substance. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see that. You know, like I said, it is a bit of a MacGuffin with the fact that Project Zeus is responsible for the plot, but that um, yeah. ultimately, in the end, we never hear about Project Zeus ever again. It's not, never resolved. No. As far as we know, I um... JLB still has sales, marketing, sales and marketing departments that were not merged into one giant uh, mega department. No, I, mean, I do enjoy Susan Johnson getting together because I do think that there's, there, you know, there is then scope later on for them to be a very funny couple and you can kind of see them being together. Um, I just think, like I say, that there's just not quite enough substance for the episode and that it, it is missing some vital component. I don't know what that would have been, but it could have just been funnier. Super hands is what this episode was missing. Yeah, I was going to say, is it super hands? But I always say that if there's no super hands, I want super hands. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I wish Jeff had more lines in this episode because this episode seems like it was tailor-made for Jeff to just give Mark shit non-stop. Yeah, um, and I think as well that Gerard, who is used to much better effect later on, could have had a bigger part in the story, or I don't know what he could have done, but definitely Gerard is, you know, Gerard later on is, he does some very funny things, has some very funny lines, and he's not used to the best of the actors' range here. No, he he's not, but I also don't really think that they, like I said earlier, I don't think that they really knew what they wanted out of Gerard, so... No, I don't think Gerard was a fully formed character at this point, so I think that's why. Yeah, he was just the weird guy with the tube up his nose. Yeah. Do you think do you think that they ever intended to actually bring him back or do you think that it was just like he was supposed to be one of those one episode Gog Daryl type characters and then they just were like, Oh, we should just go ahead and keep you around. Yeah, I suspect he was meant to be one of the, the one episode guys, but once Dobby came into it, that it became clear that he'd be like he'd be attracted to Dobby. Yeah. Um so, as far as episode ranking goes, mm, let me see. Let me think about the episodes that we've already recapped real quick here. Because I'm trying to think of what my least favorite episode has been so far. Where did Mancho fall on your ranking? So, Mancho is low, but not quite as low as this. Uh, for me, he if Mancho is up in the early 40s at 43. Okay, so if Mancho is at 43, I'm going to say this one fell at 49? Oh, so close. It was 50. 50. Oh, I was debating between 50 and 49. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good going. Um, there, are, there aren't many that I disliked more than this, but there are a few that I disliked more than this. Um, there are a few, but all the ones that I don't like they all fall under that same umbrella for me. If they just, I felt like there wasn't enough storyline to go around. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that they're not funny. It's just like, oh, it needs more substance. Yeah, and I know that Man Show has been the episode of the ones that we've done that we've liked the least. So I figured, yeah. all right, I'll use Man Show as my thermometer and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah, like I said. I mean, any episode of Peep Show is always going to rank 
higher than most episodes of other things but this just isn't one that really does it for me unfortunately and having never worked in a in business before i could definitely see this episode not having like the same appeal as someone who works in an office environment because i think anybody that has worked in an office environment really can relate to the crazy shit that happens in this yeah episode. it's definitely it's outside my sphere of understanding yeah um we've got peep show culinary this week once again thanks to our good friend donnie taylor thank you uh donnie is actually going to be working on some other stuff for us so stay tuned on facebook for some um other little stuff that he may or may not be working on for us i don't know he said he wanted to uh go through series one and series two um and do peep show culinary for series one and two um that'd be cool if he did i'm not that getting any food in series one and two but he always seems to come up with something great yeah and uh in this episode we have do you want to start no go and you stop okay so in this for peep show culinary this week we have hestia is the greek goddess of cooking so in the spirit of peep show conference i present to you project hestia which is entirely workable so don't even think about running away for kfc for a bargain bucket <laughs> we made a hot cheesy pizza last series for shrooming and now it's back to max out your stomach acid but this time we're going hawaiian the key topping we need here is one chopped pineapple about the size of a brain tumor <laughs> to drink having the report of lager or you can get high on some diet coke pop some pro plus in your phone if you're a true purist this meal is actually a two-parter because cold pizza from the fridge is always great so the next morning you and your lover can bring up leftovers and eat breakfast of each other <laughs> <laughs> God, I forgot. Yeah, because Susan, uh, Sue says that her and Johnson eat breakfast off of each other. <laughs> yeah, which is just like a really grim image. Oh God, especially those like scrambled eggs, <laughs> baked beans. Oh, ugh. they. I mean, do you eat beans for breakfast? Yeah, it's a standard breakfast food here. God, you guys are so fucking weird. <laughs> beans on toast is lovely. Yeah. Um. So we haven't had a hands to five k update in a while, but we are making really good progress uh especially yeah we're getting great guns on hands to 5k yeah yeah especially thanks to to our social media manager danielle for really yeah she's been um really injecting some uh i don't even know what dark magic she weaves on the twitter but we're every day we've got new followers so thank you danielle yep um our goal is five thousand. We are at 2,187, so we are a little over 40% of the way there. Yeah. Um, I also, I've really noticed that uh, the engagement after the tweet-alongs with Back on a Wednesday, so that's been great to get followers off the back of the back, the back of that, um, and people to be engaging in the in the stuff that's being said about Back. Yeah, I like I said, uh, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, I get super jealous when my phone starts blowing up at work on Wednesdays, and I'm like, oh, here starts the back tweet alongs. <laughs> um, back was really dark this week, I thought. Oh, God, but it was so good. It was really good. I'm, I'm really excited for the finale this week and then to talk about the two episodes next week for the third backcast. Oh, my God, I cannot wait for, for backcast number three. Um, I, I'm almost, well, 
probably will integrate it into the third one, but I was thinking maybe we should do a fourth one that was just kind of like an overview of the entire... Talking about the whole the... series. Yeah, that might be good, actually. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of... We'll, we'll, we'll side that... We'll put that off to the side for now, and we'll think about that later. But, yeah. Oh, my God. This week's episode, probably my favorite so far of the season. Yeah, it was very funny. Um, and for those of us that were watching it live on Channel 4, they had a little disclaimer at the beginning saying that I had seen some viewers they find distressing, which was like, oh, my God, me and my husband were just like, oh, Jesus, I thought this was a comedy. Like, where's this going? So that tells you what, what kind of things were in it. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, David Mitchell, God damn, he just really knocked it out of the park in this episode. He did. He's very, very funny in this one. Um, yeah. And he's not, he's been a kind of, he's, the nature of the character means that for David Mitchell, he's been like quietly funny throughout, but, and the big laughs have kind of gone to Jeff and to, um, to Andrew's characters, but he, he had some big laughs this week. Oh my gosh. And then Jeff, Jeff, I, I, Jeff borderline stole the episode for me though. Yeah. Jeff is just brilliant always. He is, he just, something about the way that Jeff's written and the way that, the actor portrays him that just means that he's he's the super hands i think he always steals the show yeah um but let's not uh let's not get too crazy on that we'll no we've no, got we'll a, talk more about this next week yeah we've got a whole podcast for people to listen to <laughs> next week where we will discuss yeah. back in much much finer details um next episode next peep show episode that we're going to be doing is going to be series four episode three which is called jim <laughs> This is a particular episode that really resonates with me. Um, yeah, this is another one that's a bit down my list, but I am looking forward to watching it to see if it's as, not even as bad as I remember. I don't remember it being bad, but I don't remember particularly finding it great. So it'll be interesting to watch it again. A, a, it's an episode that uh, I worked out with a personal trainer, and I also used to go to a gym that was very, very similar to the gym that Mark goes to. So a lot of it. A lot, lot of complimentary juice there was there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of complimentary <laughs> juice there. Um, anyways, uh, kind of a short episode this week, but that's okay. Uh, they don't all have to be, you know, two and a half hours. Epic, yeah. Yeah, sometimes people just want a little short thing to listen to so we are going to give the audience what they want <laughs> all right cool um yeah so with that this is the l dude brothers podcast signing off and eh, eh. have a good one i am in loco parentis i am the last remaining contestant of the apprentice i am the home trained dentist ay yeah 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 yeah